I think today people are going to either hear a message that for you individually to take home and for God to work on you, or people are going to be encouraged and challenged as a body of Christ. So we're continuing to look at Nehemiah. So, so far, we've found out that Nehemiah is a great man of God. We found out that Nehemiah was in the midst of a bad time and his response was to look up. He heard bad news, he heard about a bad situation. His response was to pray. In the first week, Rachel reminded us that there's one God, we are one people, and we have one task. Build our church, reach our community, and impact our world. She reminded us that of God's faithfulness to us, the promises he made to us as a church or to us as individuals, he's going to keep those promises. In week two, Elijah reminded us about the important job that Nehemiah had as cupbearer to the king and all the favor that brought and how important that job was. And, but Nehemiah was more than just a cupbearer to the king. And he reminded us that we are more than just the jobs we do and the title we give ourselves and the role we play in church. We're more than that. And I believe there's freedom in that. There's freedom in knowing that there's more to you than just one title or one role or one label. He also reminded us that God moves in brokenness. But we need to be connected to God. Both Elijah and Rachel talked about that idea of feeling God's heartbeat, his emotions and feelings for us, for other people, for the community we serve, really weeping and crying over those, our own sins and other people's sins, and how hard that is and challenging that is. But God wants to love people through us. Last week, Elijah was talking about what it means to be an authentic community We had a lovely representation of a table and he was talking about, are we ready to extend the table and welcome people in? Are we living an authentic community? Whoever we pray for or pray with, we're in community with. He told us the people that are to your left and to your right are the people that you are in community with. And he challenged us to be ready to extend that table and welcome people in from whatever situation they're coming from. He reminded us about living the kingdom of God in whatever situation we're in or whatever place we're in. He talked about living out the fruits of the Spirit. So we've learned a lot so far. Today I'm going to read from Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 17 to 20, if you've got your Bibles and you want to turn to that. We're talking about build our church. And I believe that God is challenging us and telling us that we can do that better together. So Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 17. Then I said to them, you see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned with fire. 
Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem, and we will no longer be in disgrace. I also told them about the gracious hand of my God on me and what the king had said to me. They replied, let us start rebuilding. So they began this good work. But when, this is where the complicated names come in. But when Sambalat the Horonite, Tobiah the Ammonite official, and Jeshem the Arab heard about it, they mocked and ridiculed us. What is this you are doing? Are you rebelling against the king? I answered them by saying, the God of heaven will give us success. We, his servants, will start rebuilding. But as for you, you have no share in Jerusalem or any claim on historic right to it. So, verse 18. Let us start rebuilding. He doesn't say, I'll start. He doesn't say, you get on with it. He says, let us He's challenging us together. Our wall, our church, our community. Rebuilding the walls. Now, we're talking about physical walls at the time. They were physically rebuilding the walls around the city. But they were like walls of protection Symbolic of the walls of strength and protection that God puts around our lives. We need to make sure that we have put our faith in God. In verse 18 it also says, I told them about the gracious hand of my God. I told them about the gracious hand of my God. Wow. I think you can all call to mind how gracious God has been to us. To you as an individual, to me as an individual, to us as a church. He has had his hand upon us. We can testify to all the answered prayer. We can testify to all the blessings that God has given us. We can trust God because he hasn't let us down. God knows exactly where we are and he sees the big picture so he knows where we're going also. He knows what we need. He knows what we need to rebuild the walls, to reach our community, to impact our world. God is ready and willing to restore and empower us as a church. Nehemiah gives us a a model of how to do that, how to live that life. When Nehemiah was faced with this situation, his first thing to do was not to get up and, you know, run to the city. He spent time in prayer. Four months praying for the situation. Four months waiting expectantly for God. During that time, he'll have been in conversation with God every single day. 
breaking his heart over his beloved city. But then he, he took action. He followed the instructions that God had given him. After praying into the situation, he heard God's voice. He recognized that it was God because he was in conversation with him. So if we're in conversation with God every single day, it's really easy to be like, yes, that's definitely God I can hear. Because we begin to recognize his voice. So God tells him what to do. He goes he gets the king's blessing and he goes to the city. And he doesn't go to the city and then say, right, I've got all the answers. This is what we're going to do. He then again waits expectantly, continues his conversation with God, walks around the city, inspects things. He's finding out what's going on. He doesn't rush in there. I've come to save the day. Don't worry, I've got it sorted. He's continuing his conversation with God and he's continuing to just find out what God wants, how God's going to do it. Then he begins to make decisions. This is what we're going to do. He tells the people, he reminds them before we start, remember all the good that God's done. Remember why we can trust him. Remember what he's done for us in the past. He's like one of those encouraging brothers or sisters who's just like, come on, we'll do it together. He enthuses them to want to take part. You're probably now thinking, I know I've got to get involved. I know that I want to be part of this. And you're thinking, I don't know what to do. I believe that God planted in each of us pictures, words, visions, dreams. You can probably call to mind now situations that you're praying into that God has given you and that's your calling. That's what God wants you to do. God wants to remind you that he's with you in that. If he's given you a picture, if he's given you a vision, if he's given you a dream of what to do, he's with you in that. It might be a bit scary. If you're now thinking, oh my word, I've been praying for this, I've seen this, it's really scary, it's totally out of my comfort zone, I really don't want to do it, I hope he gives it to someone else. Fear is quite natural isn't it? And it's the best excuse for not doing something as well, isn't it? The best excuse. I'm afraid, what if it goes wrong? You know, we're our, our own worst critics, our own worst enemies. But don't let fear stop you doing your duty and what God has called you to do. He wouldn't ask you to do something if he didn't know that you could do it. He can work through you, if, especially if it's out of your comfort zone. Because that's when God can show up and really show off and really get things done. And people can then really be pointed to the cross, pointed to God. Because it's something that's not normal for you, something that's out of the ordinary. God uses those situations for his good. 
in verse 20, it says, Then the God of heaven will give us success. We, his servants, will start rebuilding. We, his servants. God wants us to get alongside one another and rebuild those walls. He wants us to get together and reach the community, impact the world. Before he took any action, every time anything happened, he prayed first before he opened his mouth. Waiting, talking, listening. But during that time, he was still cupbearer to the king, so God was preparing the way, preparing Nehemiah, helping him build relationships. Even though his future was somewhere else, God was using his present to prepare him, get him ready, so that he could do whatever God called him to do. I take comfort in that. Because sometimes you're always, you pray and you pray and you pray and you're waiting for that. If only, if only, if only, if only. But wherever you are now, whatever situation you're in, whether that be in your family, in your workplace, in your neighborhood, in this community, in this church, in your connect group, wherever you are, you are there for a reason that is going to have God do something. Sorry, my voice is gone. I really should be protecting it because I'm a teacher and it's like my number one tool. <coughs> the kids will say I've been talking too much. It's not true. <laughs> God can use opportunities in your current situation. We don't have to wait for something to change. We don't have to wait till we get that money or we get that sorted. We can pray and we can wait and we can just trust that God is doing something in us now. I believe that as a church, God has been spending time preparing us as individuals, as a church community, preparing us for whatever he's got planned. He started to do a work in us as a church. And now he wants us to increase our faith. Pray those impossible prayers. It glorifies God when you ask for things that seem completely impossible. Rachel challenged us to get on our knees and break our hearts and weep over things. Have we been doing that? Have you been doing that individually? She challenged us to put aside our desires. Not my will, but your will. He wants to do something 
whatever it is, each of us know already. I really truly believe that God's already planted in each of us that vision for what's next. It might be something that you've been thinking about and praying about for a long time, but haven't shared that with anybody because you didn't know if it was from God or you didn't know how people would react. But we're in this together. Let us rebuild. I kind of, when I first started preparing this word, I thought, oh, it's going to be one of those, like, let's all find our gifts and let's all sign up for ministry. I'm not discounting that because it's good to get involved in ministry. It's good to find your gift. But I don't think it's that. I think God is just saying, you're ready. You've got a vision. I'm with you. Get together and do it. He wants us to come together. When we get, gather together, when we want to see change and we call on God for that change, God turns up, God answers prayer, God moves. We've been praying together as a church on a Sunday night for about seven months now, praying blessings over this church week in, week out. Lots of prayers being answered. Lots of blessings poured out on individuals. He's already started. We just need to join him. We just need to step up. He wants us to rebuild those walls, rebuild our lives, rebuild our community based on the foundation of God's faithfulness and God's love. I think it's powerful to think that God has already done that in individuals in this church. He's already put that strength and protection, built those walls up in your own life. So now he wants to see what that looks like when we all come together. How will the world see that? People gathered, joyful, built on the foundation of love. If you've got a vision and it fits into build our church, reach our community, impact our world, the church vision, then it's from God. God's given you that. Claim it. I'm just pausing because I really feel like God wants to remind people. He wants you to think on that. What does reaching the community look like to you? Does it excite you? Does it make you nervous? If we started sharing those, whatever God's planted, 
Imagine if you started talking to people that were, that were like, yeah, that's what God's been talking to me about. Let's get together. Let's do it together. How powerful would that be? Three or four people coming and saying, this is what reaching the community looks like to me. We need each other. We need to pray for each other. We need to be each other's cheerleaders. We need to be each other's encouragers. We also need to challenge one another. God's presence can be experienced wherever God's people are. We can take God's presence with us into our families, into our friendship groups, into our workplaces. I also told them about the gracious hand of my God on me and what the king had said to me. They replied, let us start rebuilding the wall. They got before God. They reminded themselves how awesome God was. They reminded themselves of why they can still trust God because he did this, this, this and this. And then they went, yes, come on, let's do it. Nehemiah reminded the people, God is supporting us. God has called this plan. He's designed it. It's what he wants us to do. He's going to be with us. He's not going to let us fail. It is going to be successful. And yet we're still scared. It's scary, isn't it? Stepping up and doing what God's called you to do who God created you to be, it's scary sometimes. What if people don't like it? What if people don't like me? But God wants you to do it. Nehemiah was reminding them, we're not going to fail. God who's been gracious to us before, will keep doing it and he will bring success. Now, some people in here might think or they might know that God has given you a specific task. You might have been called to a specific ministry. But if you're sitting there thinking, well, I don't think I have, it doesn't matter doesn't have to be specific. However big or small that task is, we can support one another. We can encourage one another. When they were building that wall, they were side by side, brothers and sisters, all working together, no gaps. All working on a different bit, but all equally important.
God will grant you whatever you need to do whatever task he's called you to do. Now, sometimes that comes in the shape of other believers getting alongside you and doing it with you. Sometimes it's them praying for you, encouraging you, allowing you to do it. I told them about God. When you get scared, when you fear creeps in, when doubt creeps in, when you start thinking, oh, maybe I can't do this, maybe somebody else should do it, just remember God. Last time you did something, what happened? Just remember how good God has been. Just remember that these are the promises that God's made. Remember to do it in God's will and in God's timing. While Nehemiah was praying during those four months, I'm sure there must have been times where he was like, can I get on with it now? Come on, what now? Come on. Should we do it? Should we do it? Sometimes I can be a bit like that. You know, if, if you're given something, it's like, I want it done yesterday. I'm not an awful boss, honestly. But you get that, you get impatient, don't you? And that's when doubt sets in because you start thinking, well, if, I, if God hasn't moved now, maybe it wasn't from God or maybe somebody else is doing it so I don't need to worry about it anymore. And then you start to complain because you're like, well, I was going to do that. Why are they doing that? So if God's calling you, listen, respond. God knows the perfect timing. We need to be each other's cheerleaders. We need to get alongside one another, talk about what God's been speaking to us about and encourage one another. Pray with one another. Intercede for them. Pray blessings on each other. They know that God is in the plans. Be confident that God is in whatever he's given to you. Nehemiah didn't go in and say, right, let's all fix it all right now. He took his time. He waited. He prayed. He responded as and when God told him to. Then I said to them, you see the trouble we are in Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned come let us rebuild the wall and we will no longer be in disgrace I also told them about the gracious hand of my God on me and what the king had said they replied let us start rebuilding so they began this good 
work. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that your gracious hand is upon us. We thank you for the blessings that you pour into our lives. We thank you for the promises that you make to us. And Lord, we just stand before you now and we just say, let your will be done. Move in our lives, Lord God, that we may know the plans that you have. That we may be confident in the the calling on our lives, Lord God. And that we will just step out and trust in you. We pray all this in your name. Amen.